Welcome to the third annual special Bedtime Stories Thanksgiving special. Uh, tonight's bedtime story is called Thanks Hoarding, and it's a, uh, a combination of the word thanks and the word hoarding. And I know that if you looked at it and didn't realize that it was a play on the word Thanksgiving, you might think it was the nonsense word thanks shorting, uh, but again, it's thanks hoarding. Let's begin. There were no turkeys left at the Diamond Foods. Irvin stood in front of the empty turkey cooler. It was massive. At some point, there must have been dozens of turkeys, probably hundreds, counting backstock. Now all that remained were thick, pinkish puddles on the bottom of the cooler and the stench of raw bird flesh. How could you be out of turkeys on the day before Thanksgiving, asked Irvin. That's exactly why we're out, said the Diamond Foods employee. His name tag said Robbie. He looked to be about 30, and Irvin suspected he wasn't useful in many other areas of his life either. This is ridiculous, said Irvin. The day before Thanksgiving is when people most want a turkey. You're right, said Robbie. That's why everyone else bought one earlier, so they'd be sure to have one by now. If he'd smiled, Irvin probably would have shoved him. We get a limited supply, said Robbie. Once they're gone, they're gone. He said it as if it was a scripted line he'd already recited dozens of times. Congratulations, said Irvin. You just lost a sale. He immediately regretted saying it. It felt even more impotent than it sounded and it sounded very impotent. There were four cars in the parking lot at Fortin's Foods, and Irvin knew the silver station wagon parked at the far edge of the lot was Mr. Fortin's. Irvin had promised his wife, Gina, he'd be back with a turkey before noon. It was noon now, and the sun had yet to show the day its face. Irvin crossed the parking lot with his hands stuffed in the pockets of his coat and a sense of foreboding weighing down his steps. Fortin's Foods didn't have turkeys either. I don't carry turkeys, said Mr. Fortin, leaning on a push broom. They don't sell. He was wearing a spotless sky-blue apron. His curly white hair hung down over his forehead to the top of his eyeglasses. Irvin no longer possessed the capacity to be surprised by Mr. Fortin's nonsense. Still, he couldn't just let it stand without putting up some token resistance. Of course they'd sell, said Irvin. They'd sell this week at least. What we sell is what we sell, said Mr. Fortin, and turkeys aren't what we sell. "'What am I supposed to do?' asked Irvin. "'Gina's mad at me because I didn't pick up a turkey earlier in the week. "'I guaranteed her I'd be able to find one today. "'She's going to be either smug, irate, or some combination of the two "'if I come back empty-handed. "'Eat cornbread for Thanksgiving,' said Mr. Fortin. "'That's what we do. "'As a main dish?' "'Sure,' said Mr. Fortin. "'Cornbread mix is on sale.' "'As Irvin, empty-handed and doomed, left Fortin's Foods, "'he glanced at the bulletin board Mr. Fortin had hung on the wall "'just inside the entrance for public use. "'Anyone from the community could tack anything they wanted to the bulletin board "'as long as it was no bigger than an 8.5 by 11-inch sheet of paper "'and contained no nudity. "'Every ten days, Mr. Fortin tore everything down from the bulletin board "'and the cycle started over. "'Today there was a lot of the usual fare.' A flyer advertising the babysitting services of a girl who claimed to be capable of memorizing an emergency contact list with one glance. A flyer that had been re-photocopied so many times that the lost dog pictured on it had been reduced to two points of reflected light and the tip of a gleaming tongue surrounded by a square of inky blackness. A flyer with a phone number on it and no further explanation. A flyer exhorting multi-oak high students to vote for Craig Pilworth for Homecoming King that was probably a joke, judging by the accompanying photograph of Craig Pilworth. But one flyer in particular caught Irvin's eye. It read, Need a turkey? I have plenty. Bring money and a thankful spirit. At the bottom of the flyer there was an address but no phone number. Whoever had made the flyer had also tried to draw a cooked turkey under the text and then scribbled it out, though not very thoroughly. 
You could still see that the person had tried to draw a cooked turkey and failed. Irvin wrote the address down on the inside of his left wrist. It wasn't far. Gina would still gloat about how long he'd been gone, but the important thing was to have a turkey with him when he arrived. From there he could improvise. He could lie about unforeseeable adverse circumstances. He could save face. The address on the inside of Irvin's wrist corresponded to a small house on a big plot of land in a run-down neighborhood just over a mile from Fortin's Foods. Irvin parked in the driveway behind a truck with both back tires flat. He trotted up the buckling cement walk and knocked on the front door. A round-headed man with close-cropped red hair answered the door. He was wearing a red sweater under a pair of overalls. "'I need a turkey,' said Irvin. "'I saw your flyer at Fortin's Foods.' "'Sure thing,' said the man. "'I'm Cyrus. Come on in. I'll show you what I've got.' Cyrus led Irvin through the cramped, dimly-lit living room and into the kitchen where a giant, rusty deep freeze took up the majority of the available space. Cyrus opened the top of the deep freeze with a sharp creaking sound and a blast of frigid air came out. "'See if any of these catch your eye,' said Cyrus. Irvin walked over to the deep freeze and looked inside. There were at least twenty turkeys inside, a Diamond Foods price tag still affixed to each one. "'How'd you get all these?' asked Irvin." I bought them yesterday evening, said Cyrus. Last one's in the store. Last one's in town, probably. Well, you got me over a barrel, said Irvin. I guess I've got no choice but to be a victim of your little scheme here. I'll take one. Sure thing, said Cyrus. Sticker price plus a $10 convenience charge and a sincere thank you. Irvin snorted. Convenience charge. Would have been more convenient to pay less at the store. He pointed at a $25 turkey in the deep freeze and pulled two 20s out of his wallet. Got change for 40 Sure thing, said Cyrus. He took the bills from Irvin and fished a wad of money out of his pocket, extracting a crumpled five and handing it to Irvin. Now I just need the sincere thank you and you can take your bird. What? said Irvin. I need a sincere thank you from you before I give you your turkey, said Cyrus. But I don't have the turkey yet, said Irvin, so why would I thank you? Because you're about to get it, said Cyrus, and this way I can make sure you don't just walk out without thanking me sincerely. Irvin tried to reach for his turkey, but Cyrus slammed the deep freeze closed. Irvin yelped and pulled his hands back. You almost broke my fingers, you nutcase. You were trying to steal the turkey, said Cyrus, both hands resting on top of the deep freeze, keeping it well closed. I already paid you, said Irvin, his temper rising fast. You got your money. That's not the full price, said Cyrus. Irvin rubbed his hands together, fuming. Give me my money back. Sure thing, said Cyrus. Irvin sat in his car in Cyrus's driveway, fingering the two $20 bills and glaring at Cyrus's front door. There were very few dignified options available to him. Maybe none. He could either go home empty-handed and face Gina's scorn, or he could pay Cyrus the ridiculous convenience charge, swallow his pride, and thank him. Both options made Irvin cringe. His cell phone rang in his pocket. He took it out and saw that Gina was calling, surely trying to find out what was taking him so long. Irvin didn't pick up. The ringing stopped, and a short time later the phone beeped to indicate that Irvin had a new voicemail message. He did not want to hear it. He leaned forward and pressed his forehead against the steering wheel, taking four deep breaths to get as close to calm as he could. Then he got out of the car and stalked back up the walk to Cyrus' front door. He pounded on the door with the heel of his hand. After a short wait, Cyrus opened the door, looking wary. "'Change your mind about the turkey?' "'I did,' said Irvin. "'I suppose I'll take one after all.' He was proud of how casual his voice sounded. "'And you'll give me a sincere thank you this time?' "'I will,' said Irvin. "'There won't be any problem.' "'Good,' said Cyrus, breaking into a smile.' Oh, but I should tell you, the convenience charge is now $15. Irvin lunged at Cyrus, screaming invectives. Cyrus staggered backwards and tried to slam the door in Irvin's face, but Irvin managed to wedge his foot in the door. Give me a turkey, Irvin shouted, ramming his shoulder against the door. Now you'll never get one, shouted Cyrus, leaning against the door from the inside. 
You're a crook, shouted Irvin. I won't be exploited. Cyrus stomped on Irvin's foot until he was forced to pull it back and the door slammed closed. Irvin spat on Cyrus's door and limped back to his car. Back at Fortin's Foods, Irvin went straight to the bulletin board and tore Cyrus's flyer down, ripping it into pieces. Hey! shouted Mr. Fortin, hurrying across the store with the push broom still in hand. Nothing comes off of the bulletin board for another three days. That's the rule. I don't care, said Irvin. I don't care about your rules. This is my store, said Mr. Fortin. I don't care, shouted Irvin. This is bigger than your rules. This is for the greater good of the whole community. Get out, shouted Mr. Fortin. Irvin hurled the ripped up pieces of flyer on the floor and left. Behind him, Mr. Fortin was already sweeping the flyer scraps into a neat pile. At the Diamond Foods, Irvin found Robbie on his hands and knees cleaning up an olive oil spill. There should be a limit on how many turkeys a person can buy, said Irvin. One per customer. Robbie looked up at him and sighed. Sir, that's not reasonable. Two at most, said Irvin. Otherwise you get extortionists. You get profiteers. Do you know what carpetbaggers are? Did they teach you that in school? They ruined the South. We can't control what people do with the turkeys once they leave, said Robbie. Once a customer buys them, he can do whatever he wants with them. You're passing the buck, shouted Irvin. Take some responsibility. Robbie hung his head wearily. Sir, would you like to talk to a manager? No, said Irvin, but you tell them what I said. His phone rang. It was Gina again. He didn't answer. This time she didn't leave a message. Irvin sat in Cyrus's driveway for almost 20 minutes before he could bring himself to get out of the car. He trudged back up the sidewalk to Cyrus's front door for the third time. He knocked loudly, but not angrily. He was resigned to his fate. This was just how it had to be. What do you want? Cyrus's voice came through the door, muffled and suspicious. I need a turkey, said Irvin. He took his wallet out of his pocket. I've got, let's see, $46.22. That's all the cash I have on me. I'll give you all of it, and I'll say thank you, and I'll be on my way. There was a long pause from the other side of the door. Then Cyrus said, fine, but I need the thank you first, and remember, it has to be sincere. Do you want me to say it through the door, asked Irvin. Yes, said Cyrus, through the door. Okay, said Irvin, here goes. He cleared his throat. Cyrus, thank you for the turkey. No, said Cyrus, I'm sorry, but that wasn't sincere. Yes, it was, shouted Irvin. No, it wasn't, said Cyrus. Try again. Irvin saw red. When Irvin came into the kitchen through the side door, Gina gasped. Irvin, what happened? Broken glass, said Irvin. I went through a window. Through a a window, said Irvin. A plate glass window. He sat down at the kitchen table and rested his bloodied hands in his lap. I don't have a turkey either. That's the least of my concerns right now, said Gina, crossing the room and taking one of Irvin's hands in hers and dabbing at it with a wet washcloth. But that's why I was trying to call you. Didn't you listen to the message I left? We don't need a turkey anymore. The Prulins invited us to their house for Thanksgiving dinner, and they said they already have a nice big turkey. They said there will be more than enough for everyone. Great, said Irvin. And what do we have to do? Well, they said we could bring a side dish or something if we wanted, but that we didn't need to. You watch, said Irvin. They'll expect us to be so grateful. Irvin, said Gina, what are you talking about? Don't be like this. Oh, I'll thank them all right, said Irvin, rising to his feet. If that's what it takes, I'll thank them, but I will not mean it. Gina let go of Irvin's wounded hand. What happened to you, Irvin? So it's a national holiday, said Irvin. Big deal. You can't force gratitude. Not everyone does things just to get thanked, said Gina. She took Irvin's other hand and began to clean it like she had the first one. It felt nice, soothing. Irvin would have to remember to thank her later, at a more opportune time.